beginning, music has played an important role in our connection with nature. As we become more and more aware of the crisis concerning nature, music can, and I do believe does, inspire us to better understand our place in the world. Nick Byron Campbell is a musician who lives in Bend, Oregon. His latest work is called One and Driftless and is performed and produced under the moniker Left Vessel. Recently, Nick has been reassessing the relationship between music and nature and exploring the ways that nature can make music, such as Arbo, a practice where he uses trees to make music to make sounds. As I learn more about how nature has been influencing his music, I knew I wanted to have Nick and his music featured on the podcast. So here is my conversation with Nick Byron Campbell. My name is Stefan Van Norden, and this is Nature Revisited. beginning to get this sense that a lot of young people who are musicians are really starting to make this connection to nature and the environment in their music. And I think it's really exciting. But let's start at the beginning. Where are you from? Where were you brought up? I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, and lived there for the first seven years of my life. And then my family sort of uh, took a unique left turn and my parents dropped everything. My dad found a job in New Zealand and we moved down there. So I lived uh, a handful of years in New Zealand that were incredibly memorable and impactful years for me. And then we moved back to Iowa and uh, I was there until I finished high school. And after that, I've bounced all over the country. So yeah, I lived in the South some, lived in New York City for a while, California, now Oregon. Yeah, I've been sort of sampling different places around the country. <laughs> New Zealand. Um, it's supposed to be an incredible place. Oh, yeah. Uh, and even at a young age, I mean, the memories are just incredibly vivid. It's incredible nature there and, and a wonderful sort of society around it, too. It was a good place to be. And it def- definitely influenced me in ways that are with me to this day. How are some of those ways? I was thinking about this uh, just earlier today. You know, the first even environmental issue that I ever could remember thinking of in my life took place in New Zealand during a a drought there. And that's not necessarily a a positive recollection. New Zealand, in some ways, as a society maybe has 
been ahead of other places and being aware of these kinds of issues. So, you know, water conservation was an important issue there uh, when I was living there. And I remember thinking about that as a kid and sort of reflecting for the first times in my, in my life about the ideas of how people are connected to nature and also how resources aren't, uh, aren't necessarily infinite. But then beyond that, just the, the incredible beauty of the place. You know, I have really good memories of literally just sliding in the mud in these forests hiking through the mountains with you know family and friends and uh you know fishing it's just a, it's a really vivid place and with just dense and beautiful nature and not not much it'll, i don't think anything there will kill you <laughs> sort of nice. you can just run wild there's uh, I, I don't think I, I could be wrong about this, but I have no recollection even of, like, poison ivy. You know, like, growing up in Ohio every summer, I had to go through a month just, like, being covered in poison ivy. <laughs> and, there, you know, it's just, it was a very, uh, it's a forgiving nature there. So you can truly just sort of live in it, just explore it. And, and it's, it was wonderful. When did music first become a part of your life? Well, that... Uh, is almost impossible to answer in a way because I have no part of my life that I can remember without music. So I, I guess from the very beginning, it was uh, my dad is a musician as well, and there, there was never a time when he wasn't playing guitar and singing for us. And so I was just surrounded by it always. So it's something I always deeply loved. You know, other early memories of mine, even before New Zealand, you know, are just running around the house crazy, you know, with a Phil Collins tape cranked. <laughs> it's like it was, all, it was always there. It was always something I really enjoyed. So has nature always been a part of your music? No, no, I don't, I don't think so. That wasn't a connection I made till much later in life. You know, it's funny, thinking back on it, I do think that nature and music, in a way, raised similar feelings in me. Both are places of inspiration and places that, like, I, I really felt that I could reflect on things in, in a unique way. Uh, but I never, like, consciously connected the two things um, until much later in life. So how would you describe yourself as a musician before nature and then describe yourself as a musician after you discovered nature? Okay, well, that, that's an interesting way of uh, thinking about it because, you know, as I, as I think back on it, you know, there are sort of two phases in my life as a musician maybe. And, you know, when I was younger, music was something that I practiced that I was maybe a little bit more rigid about and had specific designs for. And at that time, it was really just focused on music as music. Then later in life, music became something experiential for me. It stopped being so much about something to rehearse or that you have a specific goal with. When you focus on music more as an experience and versus like the goal in and of itself, it becomes something different. And so I would say that as a musician, now I look at myself as it's it's a way to process experience. And that's also where the nature side of things sort of started to connect. For me, I started to approach music as conceptual art, some of it. I, I do a lot of different kinds of music. You know, I still will just write a song to write a song. But at this point in my life, it's oftentimes, again, based a lot in experience. I might be processing an emotion or thinking through something, and I'll just, you know, sort of naturally write a song about it. But I also started out actually developing concepts that could, you know, conceivably exist in an art gallery and find ways to express that through music. And so that has been a big part of my life in the last decade. And that's really where I started to connect nature because I started to think of new ways to play music. Again, initially sort of thinking what could operate in an art gallery and be, you know, conceptually interesting. 
as I explored different concepts, ideas of nature kept popping up, and I started to develop more concepts that played with the idea of how music could interact directly with nature. So, yeah, that's been a more recent development in my life, you know, the last decade, I'd say. I'd say I've, I've gone through phases. You know, we're, we're all, as little kids, you sort of like what is available to you. So I just heard it was on the radio and listened to pop music. And then, you know, I, I was born in the early 80s, and so I, I came of age where I could started developing my own taste the whole grunge thing was happening so you know nirvana and pearl jam and all that music was deeply important to me so i definitely ended up going down that route and the music i i started writing and recording as a teenager and and in those years was definitely very heavy and chaotic <laughs> and that was uh sort of what i was drawn to and then you know as i went out into the world and actually started doing music professionally i sort of ended up uh my first was based in brooklyn and we were very much sort of part of that the indie rock world. So I'd say the music that I started making when I was actually touring and recording professionally was really focused around psychedelic indie rock. As I, you know, various projects came and went, and I started working on film scores, again, making music in different ways, and I really started to focus on music that is a little bit more tame or mellow. I tend, I tend to write acoustic music now, or, you know, you could look at it as like organic music where it's about, you know, simplicity and capturing, you know, real sounds of people and society and nature. And that's sort of what I've been focused on lately. How has nature influenced your music and how does your music influence the way you see nature? It sets the stage for you know, our emotions so often, you know, the place we're in really is impactful to us in so many ways. You know, the one way I look at this is like, I have a very different sort of emotional palette when I'm walking the streets in New York City than I do if I'm on a hike in the Sawtooth Mountains in Idaho, you know, I'm going to feel different things. And, I, and I've actually found, you know, I've been on this earth long enough to, to start, start to see the patterns in my life. Some of those emotions are sort of durable. It's almost like the emotions exist in that place, not within me. I've come to almost believe that emotion is, a very, is very complex, and I've come to see it almost as like a complex sense that is partially at least tied to a location that you're in, that you walk into an emotion in a space. So it's, it's my way of sort of seeing how the, the environment around me, which is deeply impacted by the nature in that area, you know, affects my emotions and my emotions are deeply then tied to whatever I create. And, and so in that way, I think, you know, they, can, they can't be disconnected. N nature is going to end up driving the way we see ourselves. And then the flip side, the second part of your question, how music has sort of changed my approach in connection to nature. I mean, I, I do think as I've worked on these ideas, working with trees, trying to understand a little bit more about what is the, the life of a tree or how did uh, a tree engage with its environment and learning those things has really impacted me. It's interesting. Working on these musical projects with nature has deeply changed how I see certain elements of nature in a really fundamental way. And I know we'll talk about that a bit more in relation to the Arbo specifically. I've, I've certainly become more aware of nature and my impact on nature and how I hope to engage with nature in the future. Uh, through creating music with nature. One of the ways that nature gets expressed in your music is with your sound art and what you call Arbo. Um, share with us what Arbo is and how it came about. So Arbo is, I guess you could call it temporary instrument. And so the idea is it's a way of making music with a living tree. 
and uh, you know I take steps to not hurt the tree. What you do is take take a string that could be bowed or plucked or struck, and wrap it around a branch essentially, and weight it down. So you have a string with tension, and then you can play it like you would. Uh, you know, the, the most similar instrument to it, I'd say, is the erhu, but not everyone will know that uh, in the U.S. That's you know an East Asian instrument, but you know sort of like a violin in a way. And then I use contact microphones on that tree to amplify it because the sound is not that loud. You know, where this idea came from, um, initially it truly was just, uh, you know, I sometimes just daydream of new ways to make music. It's something I started doing when I started working on sound art and doing stuff in galleries. I just, you know, like the first thing I thought of was playing guitar with fishing wire for some reason. It ended up being sounding pretty cool, and I did an installation with that, and then I started playing with flowing sand, finding ways to strum instruments with flowing sand, and that, that was, you know, beautiful and fun to do and so, so I'm always just thinking of new ideas and I just that's for whatever reason was like ah play music with a living tree I wonder how you do that and I just started exploring different ways that it could work and came to actually what is an incredibly simple instrument actually I mean anyone could do it in five minutes if you have uh, any kind of you know piano wire or guitar string laying around your house you could go do it which I thought was sort of fun too it's a universal instrument if anyone was inspired to try it themselves it would you know it takes very, very little work to be able to do it uh, the wonderful thing about it, too, is it forces you to actually make music in nature. You have to be in a forest. You have to be engaging with nature in its own location. And each time it's going to be different. No two trees are ever going to be the same. I, I, you know, I think of projects in phases. Like, first, you've got to figure out how to make it work. And so Arbo, for me, is still in an early stage. Eventually, I would love to do full ensembles of just Arbo uh, with multiple people playing. And so that's, that's the next step. But right now, um, I've been using it to accompany recordings. Part of the song will be on an on a traditional guitar then play the uh, the arbo you know as a you know like a violin would be on top of the music so yes it is on a handful of tracks on uh, my most recent album in in that context do you not have a, a video on your website that kind of shows this and what's what is your website it's leftvessel.com l-e-f-t-v-e-s-s-e-l.com yeah there's a, a clear link there for arbo and so yeah you can uh watch sort of how that actually looks in practice. I did a small documentation of the process during an artist residency recently. There was an artist residency that I had reached out to because they specifically were open to sound art experiences. And again, you know, I approach this from a gallery mindset, so I've always had my eye out for unique creative uh, or artistic opportunities that would allow me to expand any of my ideas. So this is the Crystal Creek Canyon Lodge artist residency, and uh, it's based in Houston, Minnesota. I was able to spend, I think it was about 10 days uh, in a cabin there in the woods, just focused on this. And so it was the opportunity I needed to really lock this idea in. It's something I've been tinkering for, with for a while, but I just needed some uh, space and time purely dedicated to the concept. And so that's why I ended up there. And I'm very grateful that that is where I ended up. It was a perfect location to work out this idea. Now, did, did this idea lead to your latest album, which is called One and Driftless? The, the album sort of came together over time, so there were other ideas I was working on at the time, So, but it became incorporated into it. So it sort of became part of the whole. And yeah, and so the way I look at it now is that that album sort of ended up breaking into two pieces. It's all about connection, but half of it's about connection to nature and half of it's connection to other people. And uh, the connection to nature part was... Uh, most of that was 
written and recorded right there in Minnesota in the woods. And so it's deeply impacted by you know, that experience and that, the nature there. in Minnesota and so it's very literally inspired by you know what I was experiencing in that space and so that day a storm was coming in <laughs> and so uh, uh, you know you hear uh, some foot stomps in the intro and that was just me stomping my foot you know this this storm arriving as sort of nature sending a, a message to humanity so it's sort of it's interesting because it is it's a song of triumph I was writing it from the perspective of nature that you know ultimately the ecosystem's going to do what it does to triumph for the good of all life as a whole, but that could end up coming at the expense of humanity. I, I don't know. You know, I hope that it doesn't have to be a dark thing, but that's what that was about. Quite literally influenced by a rainstorm. So describe this album, uh, what inspired it and when did you first think of doing it? Yeah. So the album itself first started very, very traditionally. I had some, acoustic songs. Um, and I should say I've usually played with bands putting out uh, an album of sort of more quiet acoustic music that was largely done in a solo setting. Uh, it was different for me, but, you know, I started pretty traditionally just in a uh, studio in Los Angeles. And I don't want to get the wrong impression. You know, it, it didn't start with any grand ambition. I just had a couple songs and wanted to try to make something simple and organic uh, initially, uh, you know, not, not a band, not a ton of stuff going on, just focused on the songs. And then uh, right around the time that I started tinkering with these tunes, the Arbo concept popped up and I started working on it. And that led me, of course, to Minnesota. Then sort of this bigger picture started to emerge of all this music that was really based around organic music made with acoustic instruments, real sounds, real spaces. And it became even more literally organic, you know, writing and recording in, in the middle of the woods. What ended up coming out of it as a consistent theme, like I said, is you know, the idea of connection and some of it overtly about our connection to nature. Then I'd say the second half of the album really focuses more on uh, relationships between people, which still all happen within the context of nature at large.
thing is they were the last words I wrote while I was there in Minnesota, but the uh, the music was the very first thing I had played when I sat down. So I knew I had to create a song out of it because I really did want the entire experience there to be captured in a really natural way. And so, you know, I, I, I literally sat down on the back porch of the cabin when I first got there and the the chords there, you know, the literal first sounds that came out of my fingers. Then the lyrics there sort of became sort of thinking about thinking about nature you know reflecting on the on on taking the time to stop and look at our place in the world and and I was doing it from a personal perspective but then in the bigger picture talking about how as people we we need to always take the time to reflect on our place in this world and you know how we engage with it the album one and driftless is performed by left vessel who makes up Left Vessel, and, and how long have you been performing together? So, really, Left Vessel is myself, approached from sort of a solo acoustic performance perspective. There are layers on it, though. I mean, I've had some wonderful collaborators at this point on the project. You know, there's uh, Ken Oak, who played the cellos beautifully. Uh, Andrea Blunt provided some vocals and violins, so definitely, you know, need to shout out to them. And then one of my favorite musicians these days, a guy named Corey Hansen from the band Wand. He ended up mixing it, which was a real honor to have him uh, sort of put his hands on the music. And so, so there are other people who absolutely impact the music and are a part of it. But at the end of the day, Left Vessel is a solo project, so it's just myself. And, you know, I, I've, I've played a couple shows here and there with this project over the last couple of years, but this right now is sort of me finally rolling this out as a project to the public. So I do look forward to banding live, and that'll definitely include other people who will provide their musical talents as well. Which was my next question is, do you perform live, and how does that happen, and, and, and are you starting to return to the stage? You know, the nature of the, the performances happen within, it changes. So it, most often, you know, it's a, acoustic guitar-based and more traditional just because that's what most venues allow for. You can't, uh, can't haul a tree into, uh, into most music venues. But I, like I said, a, a really important goal for me is to actually move the Arbo towards uh, ensembles and doing performances of music in a natural context. So I won't lie, I haven't figured out how that works yet. But that is a, a big next goal for me with this project. Is I would love nothing more than to put on uh, performances in natural environments with the Arbo and with you know, other instruments accompanying it. So, yeah, I, I can't yet say when that's going to happen, but that is my next mission I'm working on now. 
society is interesting in that it was written in this environment in Minnesota, but incorporates some of the literal local human society, and that's why it's called society. I, I um, went over to the historical society in a town called Caledonia there. The older gentleman there walked me through the museum. He gave me this amazing tour of just basically the whole history of this area. Sort of had my little hand recorder with me and started recording samples of these parts of history from the towns. The drums, snare drum and bass drum and cymbal you hear are uh, literally sampled from an old marching band. Very, very delicately tapped those things, didn't want to damage anything. And the, uh, the organ came from a pump organ in an old classroom they had there. And then I pulled some sounds from the nature around there. There's a beautiful state park right there that I spent the morning in and captured some sounds there. And so that song really became about we all are part of a society that's based in in a place. So again, it ties everything ties to that location I was in and that area I was spending the time in. So I was just thinking so much about you know how we do engage with the nature around us. Given where we are in the world, it's becoming obvious that that as a society and as humans, we have to have a better relationship with with nature if we're going to survive. Do you see music as becoming? a new kind of gateway for people to reconnect with nature? I mean, I sincerely hope so. And it definitely has already been that for me on a personal level. I think a lot of people are opening their eyes to this reality of how truly small the world is and how, you know, in a lot of ways it's a closed system that we are in, inside. We have to respect that. It's not something that we live apart from. Um, and I think more and more people are, coming to that realization. And so I think that ends up influencing everything, all, all kinds of art and all actions. And so, you know, looking at it from the big picture, any kind of creativity is more and more going to at least think about nature, specifically with music. You know, I do see other people, you know, playing with these ideas and I, you know, I genuinely hope it can become a growing movement to actually use music to engage with na nature in meaningful ways. Either, you know, it can be as simple as in lyrical content, <laughs> speaking about it. But, you know, obviously, from the way I'm approaching it, I'm trying to physically find ways to en engage with nature in a respectful way that, you know, in terms of actual sustainability, something like Arbo is not, I definitely don't want to put it on any kind of pedestal. It's not going to do anything in a large sense from a literally sustainable perspective. But my, my genuine hope is that it's it's a gesture that can help people stop and think about nature and how they engage with nature in a different way. I know other people are doing that work, and I really, really do hope that becomes a bigger part of music. So you think music can help us become better stewards of our planet? I think, I think it absolutely can. And I would say that there are serious actions outside of music that need to be taken. I mean, I know you'd agree with this, to, to ensure that, that the world can be a healthy place that we can exist within. Music inspires us. You know, just like, like I said at the beginning of our conversation, nature and music are, are things that we go to to inspire us. Step outside, you just enjoy the silence and breathe in the smell and see a good view, and it, it inspires you. It gives you a moment to reflect, and a lot of us go to music for the same thing. So if, if music is uh, focused in a way to help us think about nature, it can inspire us, I think, to be better partners with uh the nature that we're, we are connected to. I do think that there is something going on in, in the music world. I agree. And, and nature. I personally think the only way we're going to survive is if we make 
our relationship with nature personal. Yep, that's beautifully put, yeah. And music does that. Yep. Uh, you, you said it better than I, I think I, I did or, or could have. It's, it's so true, and, and it does have to become personal. There's not really much difference between a person and a tree <laughs> in, the, uh, in the larger sense. You know, we're both players in this ecosystem. We're doing very, very different things. We have different paths we walk, but at the end of the day, we're having to live together in this exact same space, live and survive together, hopefully. Like I said, I, I approach music experientially. I don't really have a plan for where it's ultimately going to go. I have ideas that I want to execute, you know, like an ensemble of Arbo players is, is my next project. But, you know, I don't know the end point. Like, I don't know where it could go. And so I, I'm always someone looking for people out in the world who are inspired or, or have creative ideas of their own that, that might connect to anything I'm doing that, that could grow. And so your podcast is focused on something really wonderful you know, sort of in, in a large sense. And, and I would say to any of your listeners, you can feel free to reach out to me if, you, if you're inspired by anything I've said or you have any concepts you're working on in relation to nature that could uh, integrate well with something like Arbo. You know, I'm, I, I, I love finding ways to expand a concept. So, so I'm, I'm always, always open to, to communication and ideas. I hope you enjoyed my visit with Nick Byron Campbell and that you enjoyed listening to some of his music. The opening and closing music is Victory Above from the album by Left Vessel, One and Driftless. Also featured in the episode from the album is Arrival, First Words and Society. If you enjoyed my conversation with Nick, please share with friends, family, and colleagues. And subscribe to Nature Revisited on your favorite podcast server. You can follow Nature Revisited on Instagram, YouTube, or our website, nordenproductions.com. That's Norden, N-O-O-R-D-E-N Productions. Nature Revisited is produced by Stefan Van Norden and Charles Gagan. I hope you will join us for the next edition of Nature Revisited and that you remember we are nature.